Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Stephanie Tunison from Wesley Services. Stephanie, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Good. Before we get started, Stephanie, I thought I'd tell our, our listeners some of the things that are happening around here. Next week, we have on the 25th our Sandler Cold Call Camp. It's an all-day program where we teach people how to get by gatekeepers, build three conversations conversational scripts for the contact and arm people at least five ways to leave a voicemail message that stands as over a 70% shot of getting returned. Uh, continuing on Wednesday mornings uh, in October is the Sandler Foundations program. And then on uh, Wednesday, October 16th, we have a, a, the next program in the Business Builder Series called The Seven Deadly Sins of Sales. That runs from 11.30 to 1.15. It's going to be out at the Clovernook Country Club. That is selling out fast. It's uh, $25 a seat. If, you, if you're interested, call the office. Speak to Carmen on 513-753-9400, extension 106, and she can book your reservation. I know there are just a few more seats on that program available. Okay. Stephanie, again, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Good. Stephanie, let me tell everyone about your background. Okay. Okay. Stephanie is the Chief Executive Officer at Wesley Services Organization, and you've been there since April of 2010. Mm-hmm. Before that, uh, you had a long stint at Youth Incorporated as the Executive Director in that organization. Mm-hmm. Let's see, before that... Uh, you became a minister? Yes. And still are a, a minister? I still am. Good. And educationally, you went to the United Theological Seminary. And then you, you were, before that, you were at the University of Cincinnati, where you have an MA in community counseling. And you have a, a BS from the University of Cincinnati in 1976, graduated summa cum laude. Mm-hmm. I did. Top of the class. Yeah. Okay. You've been in the Rotary Club of Cincinnati since 1997, where you were a past vice president of the club, and you were the president of the $6 million foundation, the Rotary Foundation locally. You've been been on the chief of police advisory board, uh, you, where you were appointed co-chair in 2013. Yes. So you're going to have a new chief to deal with. Yes. Yeah, we meet him next month. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati uh, Chamber of Commerce CEO roundtables. Uh, from 2000, and a couple of other things, but I'm just going to not take the time. Is that okay? Sure. Well, but I do have to ask, what's a one-award examiner? 
One Award Examiner. Yes. Uh, One Award is uh, similar to the Baldridge Award, uh, but it is for nonprofit organizations. And it was brought to Cincinnati, and I had the privilege of learning the process and how you go through each of the areas and assess levels of excellence in nonprofits. Okay. Good. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what, what the Wesley Services Organization is really all about, what they do? Be happy to. Wesley Services Organization is the parent organization of Wesley Community Services, where we provide services so that seniors may remain in their homes and uh, live out their life in the comfort of their familiar surroundings. We provide essential services such as Meals on Wheels, medical transportation to and from hospitals, doctor's offices, dialysis programs, and we also have a home care program where we'll go into people's homes and help with cleaning, dressing, bathing, laundry, bringing in groceries, and that kind of thing. Okay. So it's kind of uh, more than Meals on Wheels. More than Meals on Wheels. We also we found that a lot of our clients started feeding their meals to their pets, uh, often their only companion. Mm. Not good for the pets, not good for the people. And mm-hmm. so we now provide free pet food for all of our clients who request it. We also have a voucher program from three area veterinarians who will take care of those pets for the folks who need it. And we also have a program we call Wesley Links, which is an organization of 70 churches in the area. It's ecumenical. It's not just United Methodist, which is my tradition. And we bring folks together five times a year for educational opportunities to hear about senior-related issues like fraud, because mm-hmm. seniors are targeted about 35% of the time. Mm-hmm. Issues around... I hope the guys from Nigeria send, send email to everybody. Uh, well... That That is true, but seniors do get targeted to a great extent. And then we have programs on things like dementia, caring for the caregiver, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Wesley offers a large variety of services. We do. Good. What is the, the, the service footprint that Wesley serves, geography-wise? Geography-wise, we are in Hamilton County, Butler County, and eight counties in northern Kentucky. We started out on the west side of town as we had a nursing home called Wesley Hall, and the waiting list to get into Wesley Hall was getting very long. So the women's auxiliary started taking hot meals into the homes of the people on the waiting list. Mm -hmm. And since its inception, we have grown to the point now where we produce over 400,000 meals a year in our commercial kitchen in Price Hill. Mm -hmm. And just we were only in Hamilton County until two years ago. Then we had a pilot program in two counties of northern Kentucky, and now we're in eight. And we really have just started uh, penetrating the Butler County community as well. Mm-hmm. So are you delivering these meals with trucks? Mm-hmm. Well, we have – well, the meals are actually transported by our drivers who are paid. Mm-hmm. They have their own vehicles, so we reimburse them for their mileage and their time. They have a magnet on the side of their car that lets people know that it's Wesley coming in. We also have a fleet of 26 vehicles for our medical transport, half of which are wheelchair step-up vans, and the other half are sedans. Mm-hmm. So uh, they uh, – what was the rest of the question? Sorry. I, I was really asking, you know, how you deliver all these 400,000 meals. That's a whopper of a number. Yeah, it is a whopper of a number, but we have wonderful folks who come in, and we're within the 275 Beltway, where we will provide – 
therapeutic meals or diabetic meals, our mm-hmm. Meals for You program, which is uh, open for anybody's purchase. And it is a specialty meal just for diabetics. It has all the nutritional value that they need, and we will deliver to their home or their office for free. Oh, that's great. So with, with a big fleet of, of your own vehicles plus a fleet of owner-operators who work for Wesley. Correct. And then we have three refrigerated trucks and a box truck, too. So our refrigerated trucks can carry up to 1,200 meals at a time. And for some of our locations in southern parts, the more southern counties of Hamilton, Butler County or, yeah, well, even Butler County. Uh, Well, not Butler so much. Boone County. We have to get our refrigerated trucks to go. Our our trucks are going on the highway down to the blacktop, down to the gravel road, down to the dirt road, and sometimes to the creek. So um, it's, it's interesting for our drivers. Okay. And they're great. The drivers really make our program. The meals are excellent. We get high scores on all the, on the quality of all of our meals. But really, what really endears people to our organization is... I should have told you to bring some samples. <laughs> I should have. I should have, because that's always a seller. But they love our drivers, because our folks are home alone. Mm-hmm. They are isolated 24 hours a day, seven days a week, many for months on end. And our drivers are their one touch with reality. Uh, they get to see folks. They have conversation. Our drivers will help take a dog out. They'll take the garbage out. They'll uh, bring in the mail. And our our people really look forward to seeing their drivers. In fact, if a driver becomes ill, they call and want to know what's the matter with them. Are they going to be back soon? They miss them. So. Mm-hmm. So coming up with a substitute driver. It can be a challenge sometimes. It can be a but, challenge. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Stephanie has agreed to take questions from our listening audience. So if you have a question for Stephanie, uh, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We'll be taking the calls during the commercial breaks. One more question for Stephanie before we take a commercial. Why don't you tell us how you got there? How I got there? Well, I've been the CEO for three years. Prior to that, I was an executive director for 14 years with another nonprofit where we cared for youth, worked with juvenile offenders, and we had group homes as an alternative to jail or foster placement. So you were at the other end of the age spectrum. Other end. I don't miss the drama. I don't miss the drama. But when I first was thinking about my career and I was looking at becoming an executive director, I realized that to make the, the move to the CEO position that I would probably have to be in a position for about 10 years and prove my record. So when I I had looked a couple different times for CEO positions around that 10-year marker, mm-hmm. would come in second or third, mm-hmm. found out what it was like to be an Olympian and you don't you don't win the if you you lose the you lose the silver, you 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 don't win the silver, you've lost the gold. So mm-hmm. I got frustrated and sat back and enjoyed where I was. And then a friend of mine at Rotary mm-hmm. came up and said, hey, Steph, there's a job that I looked at, but I don't think it's right for me. I think it's right for you. So I applied. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out that I knew the headhunter, who was a part of the search committee, one of 83 candidates. And after about five months, was able to land the position. I think in large part, too, because of my ministerial background, Wesley has had a relationship with United Methodist clergy since its beginning and because of our relationship with the 70 churches, they thought that that relationship would be important, as well as the knowledge of the nonprofit world development, the ability to be comfortable with speaking and, and talking to groups. Okay. So do you do much public speaking? Some. Uh, I could do more. I would be happy to do more, but the doors were open to do it. 
Good. We're going to uh, listen to a short commercial. This is going to be uh, Jimmy Fox from Tip Club. Many of you know that I am the sponsor of Tip Club here in Cincinnati. This is a once-a-month program where we bring together business leaders in a positive environment. And Jimmy's the next Tip Club meeting is October 16th, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. And Jimmy, why don't you tell our, our listeners about Tip Club? I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270 That's 1-800-798-0270 Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth and Stephanie Tunesit again. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell our listeners how they can contact Wesley Services if they want to talk about Meals on Wheels or they want to talk to you or find out more about the services that you guys offer. They can reach us at area code 513-661-2777. Okay. And how many people does Wesley actually employ? We have 125 employees. Mm-hmm. Many are second career. Uh, we get a lot of retired folks who want to come and work five or six hours and gets a lot of the guys out of the house and mm-hmm. a place to go for the day. Uh, so we're we're pretty pleased. We are we're still growing. You're still growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a five million dollar budget and we're we're planning on doubling our size in the next five years. Mm-hmm. In, in the nonprofit world, how do you? What's your unique market advantage that you think you're bringing uh, to the marketplace? Well, the fact that we have our own kitchen is huge. It gives us the opportunity to make changes in the menu quickly if we do have folks who aren't happy with a particular meal. Uh, One of our greatest advantages, though, is that we provide therapeutic meals for clients, which means that we have five meals that are unique. Uh, One is renal for folks with renal disease people who are on dialysis. Mm -hmm. We offer diabetic meals, cardiac meals, pureed foods, and uh, for folks who have 
stroke or swallowing issues, and mechanical soft foods for people with chewing issues and dental problems. So no one else in this area provides those therapeutic meals. So we're very proud of that opportunity. Mm. I, I didn't realize there were special therapeutic meals mm-hmm. beyond the diabetic. Correct. What's, we're excited, too, because we have a relationship with the University of Cincinnati. And through their dietitian, their College of Dietetics, we have a ro- an intern rotation where each class will come through a couple of times a year and really sit down and put together the nutritional value for each of our meals. And so it's a good experience for them, and it's a great experience for us. Mm-hmm. Now, your meals are delivered frozen, Right. In it, frozen is the better way to to deliver the meals. Often seniors are just getting up, uh, say around 10:30, and if if they've just had breakfast and now we deliver a, a hot meal, it might sit too long and it's it's just not as healthy. However, we find that in northern Kentucky they do prefer hot meals because believe it or not, there are some folks who don't have microwave ovens. So uh, even though they can also go in a regular oven, uh, it's preferable for them that we do the hot meal. The the problem with that is that then, of course, you have to to deliver it every day for the hot meal. With the frozen, mm-hmm. you can deliver seven meals at a time. So the expense for the transportation goes up for Kentucky. So we're hoping that they'll catch on and go to frozen. Go to microwave, huh? Yeah. So uh, you have a commercial kitchen where you prepare all the meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you freeze them? Well, we have a quick chill. Uh, as soon as it comes off the conveyor, uh, we can get do a quick chill, and then we uh, put it on the, the trays that roll into the freezer, and uh, they they we just pack them up. We've got a ton of freezers. We probably have uh, a, an inventory of uh, a few thousand, about maybe even close to 5,000 meals at any one time because we offer choice, which means that our clients can – we have 31 options for – uh, eat, uh, we have 31 choices, mm-hmm. so that if Baskin they want Robbins, okay. thir- like Baskin Robbins, so if they want spaghetti and meatballs five days a week and turkey too, they they can do that. So there's like a menu that the uh, clients can choose from. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. And with our diabetic meals, we are online, and they can uh, just they can go online, click what they want, and we'll get it out to them. Okay, so you have a a, a web presence for. Ordering mm-hmm. the meals mm-hmm. for our diabetic for our dietetic diabetic meals, yes. Uh, and the other users. Well, our clients. our meals on meals clients actually are we get them through the Council on Aging. We have to put out a request, uh, react to a request for proposal. There are other meals and meals providers, so there is competition, and we not only have a great price, but we have great quality and longevity. So we tend to win more of the awards. Mm-hmm. How many Meals on Wheels providers are there here in uh, Southwest Ohio? Uh, about eight. That and many. That many, and we're uh, one of the top two and the largest provider uh, with our own kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big commercial kitchen. Big commercial kitchen. As I said, we've got capacity for a million meals a year. Uh, we're only producing four hundred thousand at this time. Uh, we, knowing that we had the opportunity, we had capacity for a million meals, it's like, okay, so now what do we do? Which is what got us involved with our diabetic meals. A lot of nonprofits have started what are called social enterprises, which is an opportunity for nonprofits to earn unrestricted dollars that can be applied towards the mission. We had our, we had our kitchen. A lot of people were saying, oh, get into catering or get into this or get into that. 
we weren't really sure how to go about it. So we were able to connect with an organization called Flywheel locally, also a social enterprise, that uh, we contracted with, and they helped us put all these ideas into a grid. So on the left-hand side of the column, we put down every, we brainstormed every possible idea of ways to deliver meals for folks or be in the food service business. And then across the the, uh, top of the grid, we put down items such as uh, uh, meets our mission, uh, ease of getting into the marketplace, level of competition, and we would weight each of the ones across the top on a one to three point scale. And then we would just go through the whole grid and total it up. Interestingly, the catering service that everybody thought would be great fell to the bottom of the list. Really? And what surfaced were our therapeutic meals. Mm-hmm. Once we saw it was our therapeutic meals, it was which one? Reno's too small a market. Mm-hmm. Cardiac, you can find some frozen meals in the in the freezer in the markets mm-hmm. in the freezer aisles. Um, the um, the pureed and the mechanical chopped are just too expensive. So what really when we did our research on that, we did a feasibility study for a year. We found that uh, the diabetic population is on the rise. And that there are there is nothing in the frozen food aisles that uh, will take care of the diabetic diet and at the healthy level that we can take care of it. We were excited to get the approval of the American Diabetes Association, and uh, so we started delivering meals. Mm-hmm. Wow! And how long ago was that you started? That, that was a year ago. Uh, we're hoping it will help with our capacity. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that as a nonprofit, there was a lot that we didn't know about the for-profit world. Mm-hmm. So we had a slow start, and we've had we actually decided to just put things on hold for a little bit, go back and relook at. We our retention rate was not what we had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. So we had to go back and interview all of our clients, find out what they liked, didn't like, so that we could make the additions or changes to the way we provide the meals to them. So we're just relaunching that. Mm-hmm. It, is there any packaging on each individual meal? That's an interesting question, Mike, because right now we package it. I've been it, accused of that a lot. Well, it's the same. It's a, it's pretty much the same packaging. My 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 vision is that in the next couple of years we will be able to repackage it and actually ship it anywhere in the United States. Uh, but right now, if someone gets a diabetic meal with turkey, mm-hmm. is that uh, printed on a label on the meal yeah, like it, with a date? Yes, right. It is printed. Uh, you know what the ingredients are. You know when the date that it was prepared. You know the date when it expires uh, in its freshness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. How, how much uh, freezer time does it, does a meal have? About six months. About six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're only delivering seven at a time. So. Right. Chances are they won't become obsolete. Well, and and what's good too is uh, when our drivers go into people's homes, if they see that meals haven't been eaten or uh, that, that that something's gone wrong, uh, you know we can we can take care of it for them. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Stephanie has agreed to answer caller's questions. The number is six four six five nine five four nine one six. So you're going into the commercial market. Do you have any people that actually sell the meals we on the web? Right. We have. We hired one salesperson. Okay. It was interesting because uh, the nonprofit mentality was not to spend a lot of money. And it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, that's not a good thing because you've got to pay money to get the good salesperson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my COO and myself decided that we're just going to spend more than what our folks thought we were going to be spending. We did get a wonderful lady 
she's she's very dynamic. The the issue that we had, what though, was that some of our initial assumptions during the feasibility study were that we would have to sell our diabetic meals, not unlike a pharmaceutical rep getting into doctors' offices and trying to sell the product that way. Uh, pharmaceutical rep that 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 style doesn't really work too well. Although the doctors think the meals are great, love the the um, the carbs to calories, they love the portion size for teaching new diabetics how to eat. They're not the ones who are going to tell the client buy these meals. So we have found that we need to get. I could just see you go I, here in the office. We see these uh, drug reps coming into the doctor's office in our building. Uh, with, with shopping bags from uh, Olive Garden. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Red Lobster. Yeah. I could see them going in with your frozen meals. Right, right, and heat them up in their little microwaves. Yeah. Right. So it, in any case, we're, we're finding that we need to get the product in the front of the customer, and when we can do that, they love the taste and they get excited about the product. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're, we're, we're still learning. We're still on that learning curve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think the possibilities and opportunities are in your market. Well, I think I think we have amazing opportunity. I, I think uh, not only for the Meals on Wheels, we're looking at geographically areas that we can move into, and we're very excited about those opportunities. I, as I said, I think we can double our our production in the next five years, and I'm really hoping that the the diabetic meals take off. I think we've just got to keep plugging away and. Uh, learn by a few failures, and uh, we'll we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most popular meal that you that you create? Uh, people love our parmesan, our, our chicken parmesan, and our Salisbury steak. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to get it for you, Mike. Yeah. You can keep it in your freezer. You're right here. <laughs> Except Carmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen just uh, broke uh, your. Uh, <laughs> Our, refri- our, yeah. our refrigerator is no longer a refrigerator yeah. Yeah. storage box. <laughs> yeah. Well, next week we'll have to deal with the refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a uh, another commercial break here. I think what we're going to do is listen to a, a San LaRule. We're going to listen to San LaRule number 14. Again, if you have a question, you can call in at 646-595-4916. I'll be able to screen your call during the commercial breaks. Hi, I'm Bob Sinton of Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk to you about rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. You may have heard this before, but Dave Sandler told me a long time ago that you should follow the rule called 70-30 rule, where the client talks or the prospect talks 70% of the time, and you, the salesperson, talk 30% of the time. Most salespeople I run into in my 30 years of doing this understand that. The problem with it is how do you go about doing it? Well, most, if not all, salespeople know their features and benefits and the, uh, the power of what their company can provide clients. Um, so it's easy for them to uh, explain their features and benefits to a client. The problem with that is it doesn't necessarily elicit responses from a client. So what we have to train ourselves to do to be more successful and more professional is take your features and benefits and phrase it and structure it in such a way where it actually elicits a conversational response from your client. 
For example, a feature and benefit your company may, may uh, include, uh, you can reduce expenses and, and save them some overhead and, and save your clients some money in the uh, long term or short term. Well, a lot of people can say that. That's on your website. It's on your brochure. A more effective way is to say, hey, Ed, can I ask you a question? Uh, what we've done with companies and individuals like yourself is save them money with some software that helps them reduce expenses, uh, get rid of waste, and adds more money to their bottom line. Uh, do you have anything like that happening here? And if so, can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what that question does is it obviously elicits initially a yes or no response, but then it quickly goes down the tunnel of what I like calling a conversational uh, dialogue, if you will, between salesperson and client, and you find yourself talking only 30% of the time, and the client ends up talking 70% of the time, and that creates a, a more of a win-win relationship. And that's Sandler rule number 14, a prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. This is Mike Roth and Stephanie Tunison. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell our listeners what your long-term strategic planning process is like in a nonprofit organization? Well, it's a it's a long process. It's generally a long process. Uh, I prefer to get a consultant in. I think it's helpful to have the outside opinion. Uh, that way, I can sit back and be a part of the process and not have to just lead it. Uh, but basically, we have to go back and look at the the mission and the vision and our values. And then, based on that, we need to decide uh, what our in our case, we really wanted to have some bold goals this year. Uh, three years ago, when we uh, we also had owned a nursing home, uh, we were looking at more integration of services, and we, we were more internally focused. And this time, I really wanted us to be externally focused. And so we hired a, co a consultant to come in, and we've narrowed it down to, to three goals. And so we're still actually going through the discovery process of uh, – one of them, of course, is this this growth and expansion. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're going through all the budget items and the capital items, and what all the uh, we're looking at. We're going to have to. We have a two-story building, and uh, the first floor has administrative offices as well as the kitchen, the distribution area, and the fulfillment area. We need to move the administration upstairs so that we've got more room for freezers and folks who can pull them, put the meals together. So we're looking at what those costs are going to be and uh, expenses, and we're just putting it all together. I, but I have to work with a board of, of, of trustees. So not only do I have to get the committee to agree on, on what our goals are, I then have to sell it to each of our board members. Now, I do have board members on, on the plan as part of the, the team, but uh, last the last go-around I had 17 board members, so I'm selling the plan 17 times. Uh, this time I only have 12, so it's a little easier. A little easier, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many of the board members are on the strategic planning committee? Uh, right now I have five. Okay. Yeah. I, that's manageable. That's manageable. Seems manageable right, anyway. Right, right. Uh, we have a, a theory of operation here, Stephanie, that uh, complex problems require complex solutions. If you apply a simple solution to a complex problem, invariably – it doesn't work. So perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you solved either at your youth incorporated 
or here at Wesley, uh, that you solve with a complex problem, a complex solution, uh, that they may be able to take that same type of solution and apply it in their world. Well, that's interesting. I uh, with with this, maybe it was a simple process, simple solution. I don't know. I I I think with the strategic when we were going through our planning, our feasibility study for the meals for you, we had a lot of a lot of uh, folks with varying p- opinions about what we should do and how we should do it, when and if we should do it. Just a lot of skeptics. I really, we had worked weeks and weeks and weeks uh, on this, and we were getting to the point that we were going to have to have a vote with the board. And I was getting the feeling that it might be a negative vote, and I really wanted a hundred percent consensus. And so I really had to tell the consultant not to come into the last one of the last meetings, and I needed to go. I needed to talk out the problems. So I just put some newsprint up on the on the walls, you know, those large post-its, sticky post-its, and just went around the room one at a time and asked what their what was jamming them from saying yes to this project, and we just put it all up on the, on the paper around the wall, and then went back through and said, okay, what will turn this from a negative to a positive? And it just it took a lot of time, but we got through it. And lo and behold, we were able to reach consensus, for which I was grateful. So, okay, so it was a complex problem. You had a lot of board members. Yes. And you actually did get 100% consensus? I did, I did get 100% consensus, yeah. I was I was very pleased. So, you I get more award then in hurting cats. Uh, there's a, uh, as a minister, let me tell you, you're always hurting cats. Um, there's a lot of that in, our, in my profession. But it just it took a lot of... A lot of patience on my part, even though I was feeling frustrated and I wanted them to just get to the same conclusion I was at, but I had to really sit back and listen and listen hard, uh, even if I disagreed, not say anything, just acknowledge it and keep going through the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share with our audience how you developed your your website and where you might see it going? Because you, you've indicated that people can go online and order meals directly there? Correct. We are uh, under construction with that right now. Uh, we we had we had tried to do, I think, a too complex uh, a, a website initially. We didn't have pictures with the descriptions of the meals, and uh, we found that people do start eating with their eyes and that we needed to get the meals uh, pictures of the meals up on the website, which meant we had to find a food stylist and a food photographer, and we had to then pack up a couple of meals, and we found some good folks out in the New York area that took pictures of all the meals, and they came back looking amazing. Mm-hmm. So then we had to get those onto the website, which became a very difficult process. So we have to go back and revisit it. We we just want to make the whole buying process a whole lot easier for folks. We also found with the Meals for You, since it's a for-profit endeavor, that folks want more added value. And so we're looking at whether they want a coupon or whether they want recipes or or snack food ideas. Uh, we, we, we just have to update. We have to be more... Um, interactive and update more frequently. 
Mm-hmm. Do you start the web project with an internally developed website and then go to an outside vendor, or did you just start with an outside vendor? We started vendor? outside, but we, we just weren't thinking big enough at the time. Uh, sometimes in the nonprofit world, we think a little too small, and uh, we're learning we just have to think a whole lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is your web vendor also doing search engine optimization for you as part of the development? I hope so. I, I don't know for sure, but I I believe that we've – I know we've had some conversation. I don't know where we are in the process right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we've got to get the name up near the top, that's for sure. If it's not in the top 10, it might as well not even be there. I hear that. So where are you today? Where are we today? Mm-hmm. If I typed in uh, Senior Meals, Cincinnati. Senior Meals, we should be win the top three. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's somebody out there typing it in. Um, I'm, I would bet we're in the top three. Uh, if you go for Diabetic Meals, not sure. I'd have to have to go back and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have someone on your staff who's responsible for that, or, or are you taking that personally? Uh, the, actually, there is uh, our actually our salesperson is the one who's who's in charge of that right now. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, are you actually planning to add more employees uh, this year? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With our expansion, well, see, one of the things too, we've just moved up into Butler County, and we uh, instead of having our drivers come to our location in Price Hill and then driving all the way up to Butler County, we're cooperating with a church, uh, I believe it's Christ Church, up in in Butler County. They are going to allow us to put a freezer in their parking lot, and they're providing an office space for us and uh, just really going out of their way to be gracious to us so that we can have a presence up there. Then one of our vans, our refrigerated vans, can take the meals up and our Packages will already be assembled, and the drivers can come up, get their. We can get hire people from Butler County to then take the meals out up there, and we'll also because we're growing so fast in Hamilton County, we're having to add some some drivers, and we're going to have to. We've had to add a couple cooks, and we have to add some folks not only to. Uh, uh, we have to fulfill the the menu. We have to fulfill the orders, and we. Had, we're going to have to probably hire another one or two folks there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and a salesperson. And you're hiring uh, a second well, salesperson. Yeah, I want to definitely get another salesperson. Okay, so how many hours a day uh, are people working at Wesley? Well, we have a lot of folks who are are full time, forty hours. We have uh, forty hours a week. We have a lot of folks who might just be thirty hours. Uh, some are twenty. Uh, our Gosh, I guess during the day there are probably about 30 of us within the administrative offices, and then the rest are folks who are out on their routes. Um, we, what are, we're all, what, the other thing that makes us so unique is that we everything is um, everything is on computer. We have handheld computers for all of our drivers, so that they can uh, just type in the order. It's sort of like a UPS handheld device so that uh, they can order automatically. It helps keep track of our inventory for our drivers out on the uh, t- taking people to their hospital visits and doctor's visits. We have a GPS system so we know if cars are idling or if they're speeding or if they're on route or off route. Uh, with our home care folks, we have a telephony system where when the uh, when the employee enters someone's home, they call in from the client's phone 
so we know when they arrive. Mm-hmm. When they're finished, they have to call back in from the client's phone, and they plug in what services electronically that they have provided, and then uh, we know what time they've quit, so now we know how long it'll take them to get to their next location. So we've really, we're really, there's no one else in the area that has that kind of electronic uh, uh, backup. Sounds like a high level of automation. It is. Uh, what I really meant is, are you running uh, 24 hours, seven days a week with the kitchens? or? You- oh, with, I'm sorry. Um, the kitchen... That's a good answer. Well, thank you. Um, the kitchen actually is uh, four 10-hour days. And four days a week. Four days a week, 10, 10 hours, hours a, a day. day. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody else is... Uh, we're, well, the transportation will do six days a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, home care is just five days a week. Okay. Uh, from the home care perspective, are you providing uh, nurses or just general home care? Just general home care. Uh, everything. We, we can help with dressing and bathing, but we're not clinical. We don't offer any medical. So if someone needs a insulin shot, you're not doing it? No, no, no. That's when we, we are in a collaboration called Tri-State Care Partners. Uh, we would call upon our friends at Visiting Nurse Association. We also have folks with Pro2 who can provide oxygen. Uh, Walgreens can provide infusion care. Uh, home helpers can provide 24-7 uh, round-the-clock care in home care. And then we also have, who am I forgetting? Oh, wonderful people, uh, people working cooperatively, home health. They can put together ramps. They, they'll put ramps together for folks, uh, handrails. They'll adjust people's kitchens or bathrooms to make it easier for seniors if they've had, uh, if they're in wheelchairs or walkers. So we have a, uh, a phone number that folks can call in and uh, help get get help in that way. Good. Again, Stephanie has agreed to uh, take questions if anyone has one. And you're listening live on uh, Friday, the 20th of September. The number is 646-595-4916. And now we're going to listen to a Sandler commercial. This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. 
So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Stephanie Tunison from Wesley Services. Stephanie, perhaps you can, you have a lot of years of leadership in two organizations. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you could give our listeners uh, a leadership tip or two, something that you've learned by leading people. Well, I would say first and foremost is um, just hiring great people and then letting them do their job. Just just let them go. Uh, That's what you hired them for. I, I don't micromanage. I want them to uh, just really utilize their gifts. My job is to get out of their way, get obstacles out of their way, just to check in, say, see how things are going. And at the same time, I would say what's really been most helpful to me is getting a strategic plan and sticking to the strategic plan, knowing when to tweak it. And um, but but I don't want. It's not an instrument that I want to just sit on a shelf. It for me, it's a living, breathing document that I review monthly. Uh, get the team together. We sit down together and we say what's working, what's not working. Do do we need to make a shift? Uh, and it, and it works. Mm-hmm. You were very active in the Rotary clubs. Yes. First strategic plan about uh, five or six years ago. Correct. Correct. Yes. And then even after I was off the board, trying to keep people, keep it uh, in, in front of people, uh, because it's just too easy to do the latest and greatest new idea. And uh, you've got to be intentional about where you want to go, or you're not going to get there. As a leader, Stephanie, what motivates you to make tough decisions? Excellence. Uh, I want my product to be the best. I want to be around excellent folks. And um, if, it, if, if it's not going to get get the level of excellence that I think is important, then changes need to be made. Mm-hmm. Many things drive successful CEOs, uh, but we've determined that, that three of them are most important. Outlook, your your core beliefs, uh, desire, uh, which is your passion for success. And I think we heard some, about some of that today already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and commitment, mm-hmm. uh, which is the willingness to do whatever it takes. Right. Uh, maybe you could share your thoughts on each one of those, outlook, desire, and commitment. Well, for, for me, probably the one that bubbles to the top is, is the passion. Uh, I, I do feel called to do what I do. And uh, it is my desire to uh, to answer that call. Uh, for me, work is worship, and it's a gift. And it's a gift then for me to help, hopefully, inspire others around me to be as good as they can be. And so, passion is. Uh, I mean, I've got to believe in it, and I've got to believe in it a hundred percent. So, uh, and in terms of commitment, I think it just naturally follows that you, you say yes to doing a job, and so you, you do your very best. You approach it with integrity and honesty, and uh, you, you show those core values to your team. Uh, I mean, this sounds kind of silly, but uh, I was buying a book for my, for my manager team, and when I went into the bookstore, I got nine copies, and when I got back to the office, I realized that they'd only charged me for one. So I called them and <clears throat> excuse me, and they adjusted the the credit card. Uh, I mean, it's just it's that kind of just setting the tone for the company and uh, just doing what's right. So <clears throat> I'm not sure what you mean about outlook here exactly, Mike. Uh, 
Well, it, it's core beliefs, you know. Right. Uh, you know, being honest is is a, is a core belief. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in my world and the people who we work with, uh, honesty is number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you some straight things, and I expect you to tell me honestly how we're going to work, how mm-hmm. things are looking. Right. Uh, two is uh, integrity. Conversations are totally private unless you uh, agree that we can reveal them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in our training room, we probably have less than 25% of our, way less than 25% of our clients' photos on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone wants other other people to know that they've been involved with uh, personal improvement in sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, third is commitment. Mm-hmm. To us, commitment means doing what you said you were going to do, even after the spirit in which you said it is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And our fourth uh, credo, if you would, is keeping commitments. We mm-hmm. judge companies and individuals not by the commitments they make, but by the ones that they keep. Yeah, I would agree. And and that one has tripped us a couple of times because we, we've had clients that we've had to uh, cease doing business with. Mm-hmm. Because they failed on point four. Mm. Well, I hear you on that. Yeah. So when we say core beliefs, you know, that's pretty much a core belief: mm-hmm. honesty, integrity, mm-hmm. commitment, and keeping commitments. Right. I agree. Are there any other core beliefs that you have at Wesley? Uh, we want to be good stewards of mm-hmm. the money that we have. We want to be certain that we're uh, because we have a lot of donors. We're very grateful for their belief in us. Uh, it's important to us that we're uh, we have approval with the Better Business Bureau, and that those that we are meeting the level of ethics and standards that they want. And because uh, you know, folks are giving us twenty five dollars at a time. Some are giving us ten at a time. Others, I mean, that's I mean, they're working hard for those dollars, and we want them to know that it's it's going for a good purpose. Uh, and we're very grateful, of course, for our larger donor base that provide. A thousand dollars, five thousand, ten thousand dollars. So, uh, where does most of the funding come from for Wesley? Most of it comes through a contract with the Council on Aging, which is the area agency on aging for Southwest Ohio, and they they oversee care for seniors in in this community. Uh, the rest of it we raise uh, through donations, through fundraisers, through grants, and uh, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody wants to give. The number is six six one two seven seven seven. Good, good. And uh, when's the next big fundraiser? Uh, we're working on that now. I, we're, we haven't decided yet. We usually had it in May, but uh, we might we might switch the switch the calendar around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you tell us what the top three things your people would say about your current culture at? Wesley. We have fun. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to say what I love best about working at Wesley is that if there's a job that has to get done, whoever is there gets it done. It, there's no finger pointing that somebody else it, that's somebody else's job description, and it's it's a it, and there's just um, we help each other out. It's uh, we know how to pass the pass the ball to each other, if you will. We've just got a good team atmosphere uh, among all of us, and it's uh, and it's exciting. And I think people know that we truly care about each other. How do you uh, 
implement this fund? How do you implement the fund? Well, we, you know, we we have lunches together. We, uh, oh my goodness, we have one gal is so she's great. She always gets those uh, silly postcards with the, uh, oh, I don't even know how to describe them. Just sort of those ridiculous. It's like a cartoon, but yeah, they're like the postcards with the. I, I don't know how to describe them, but uh, it, it, there's always a little chuckle, and uh, we 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 just kid around with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you deal with uh, avoiding turnover at Wesley? We we do the best that we can to affirm folks for the job that they do, and I think people know that they are respected. And every when a new person comes into the facility, when when we hire a new person, one of the first is meet with them and let them know that although my board says I'm the face and the voice of Wesley, I let them know that they're really the face and the voice of Wesley because they're the ones who are out meeting our clients, caring for our clients, and that the heart that they extend to them is what's most important. I think they understand that they are an important part of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. People feel like they're part of the team. Yes. Uh, That's real important. Uh, Are you measuring your your company uh, a... Uh, business plan every month. Yes, yes, that was a challenge for us for the first time with the with the uh, meals for you. We had not written a business plan before that, so that was pretty neat. And I got and, and Mike, I want to give you a plug because uh, I had postponed going to Sandler for a long time, and uh, you kept talking to me about it, and I kept putting it off. Uh, but I'm really glad that I got more into that for profit that for profit mode, and I've been very impressed with the foundation classes. So. Um, you're a good teacher. Thanks, Stephanie. Uh, we have uh, time for maybe one or two more questions. Uh, do you see any real changes that you have to make at Wesley uh, to ensure uh, that you're going to be successful? Any changes that mm-hmm. would be successful? I think we just keep on keeping on. I think we've, we've got a good model. It's working. We're growing. People enjoy coming to work. Uh, we're going to stick with our model. Mm-hmm. Uh so what, what percentage of your total revenue is coming out of the meals programs? Oh, almost 80%. 80% mm-hmm, ser- mm-hmm. Uh, meals, mm-hmm. 20% services? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were the CEO when you sold, when Wesley sold the nursing home? Yes, and that was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I, I could have told you stories about that, but um, I... I I chose not to. It it, uh, it it was a very emotional time for us to sell off Wesley, our, our Lincoln Crawford. It was a great home. We're very excited that the people who own it now have carried on the mission. They've kept the name, and uh, they're really improving the, the beauty and the quality of the life of the residents there uh, because it's a predominantly African-American home for uh, Medicaid clients, mm-hmm. and we were very blessed that uh, they took it over for us. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that that you sold it? Huh, it was July 31st a year ago, and um, it was it was uh, very emotional because this was a home with a 125 year history. Uh, it's the uh, there are only four African American homes in the south in in Ohio. We're the one in, we were the one in Southwest Ohio, and we had some folks come to us who wanted to simply buy the bed licenses and sell sell the building, and that was just not satisfactory to us at all. And we just kept looking till we found the right the right group that would really continue that mission for us, and and it paid off. And I I, I applaud my board of trustees because they really took it to heart, uh, took their commitment to the community seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, followed through to the end. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, how did you actually find the final buyer? Uh, we were fortunate that the one of the, the one of the attorneys we were working with uh, is, is a, a new new these folks. He's done a lot of work in nursing homes for uh, many years, and uh, he just put some feelers out. And we found a guy out of Chicago, and then he had partners from New York who came in, and they uh, they they did their due diligence and. We worked with them even to the point at the end that if they, for some reason, got out of the nursing home business, that they would owe us some money uh, if they didn't continue the mission. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they put a guarantee on it. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. So the mission could continue. Abs- that's right. With a new owner. Yeah. That's really great. Uh, Stephanie, we're just about out of time here. I want to thank you again for uh, being a part of uh, Cincinnati Business Talk Radio. And as appreciation for doing that, I'm going to give you the, the copy of the Sandler 49 Rules book. Oh, good. I'm excited about that. Thank you. Good. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. Scott, why don't you finish us up? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net. Or call Mike at 513-753-9400.